Nice to be here in Kansas. So I assume you're all pretty familiar with um, the Bhagavad Gita. Is anybody not familiar with the Bhagavad Gita? Heard of it, at least. No. Don't, don't be shy. I think there's some new guests here, right? Hadil in the back I'm pretty new too, but <laughs> but um, it's a famous book, so it's good if I don't, if you don't know, then you can find out. If I thought you knew, then I'd skip this part. So so it's a it's a famous book. It's probably um, the most uh, famous or well known of the Hindu sacred texts, of which to which there are many. Um, it's uh, combined. I, I'm quite sure that is the most voluminous body of what would be termed uh, generically uh, uh, I guess revealed literature revelation in, in literary form um, <coughs> so the Bhagavad Gita is uh, it mean, literally means song of God and it's it's um, a very kind of distilled uh, presentation, in one sense, of the entirety of all those sacred texts, which are, which is, as I say, a very voluminous body of uh, of verse, maybe um, four hundred thousand verses, I, I believe, something like that. Is the uh, the entirety of the Eastern uh, Revelation. And um, we have the Western Revelation and the Eastern Revelation. I'm just using the Western terminology to help us get locate what we're doing here on the map. We're, we're discussing from you know, Bhagavad Gita. And uh, as I say, it's, it, in one sense, it's kind of the distilled essence of all those texts. So it's very popular in, in one book of only 700 verses. Uh, the the kind of essential message of the four hundred thousand verses um, are uh, found. So um, <clears throat> it's been translated into many languages and widely circulated outside of um, part outside of India mm-hmm. and. Um, It's uh, very much alive and well today in the world, which is, in some respects, not so much a world of, of believing. Hmm? And, you know, religion is not as popular in some respects as it, as it used to be. Hmm? Um, Although a lot of people would call themselves or do call themselves spiritual but not religious, that's just another example of, of, of it helps to illustrate my point. And of course, many people would say they're not religious or spiritual mm-hmm. as well. And um, but I think that the the idea of believing, if you will, um, in a religious context is something that people have more more trouble with than not. So even within the um, 
a non a, a theistic or a um, a non atheistic sector of society, you have divisions. Hmm? Um, like I say, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Type of a, of, of a division. Um, move away from the organized uh, religion and and a necessity to believe, so to speak. Interestingly, of course, the Gita, uh, in comparison to the the central uh, sing- and singular uh, book, maybe uh, maybe it's two books, the, the Bible and the, and the Koran of the Western Revelation, um, it, while they are very much about believing, hmm, the Gita is very not much, not very much about believing, but it's rather more a dissertation on the nature of being. Hmm? What is the nature of being? That's a very interesting um, concept, and we don't have to believe that we be. We, we, we know that, that we, that we know that we exist. What is the nature um, of our existence? Um, so it, it, it pries into this, this question very uh, thoughtfully, and speaks about it in such a way that um, that that very much corresponds with our perceptions if we stop and and think about them, hmm? and so it um, in and this is the thrust of the first six chapters of the book. It's constituted of eighteen chapters, and so the first six chapters really go into analyzing um, this is the the pursuit there the, the nature of being and they conclude that uh, that we are not as I was saying this morning um, as a living as living entities we are not biologically constituted hmm? so um, the um, we know that the biological life cycle has a beginning and has an end. And uh, not being constituted, as the theory of the Gita is, um, of a biological makeup, obviously the implication is that we don't have a beginning and we don't have an end. And um, and as I say, it speaks about this idea in such a way that... Um, that, that when we hear about it, 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 it corresponds very much or resonates very much with what is uh, um, kind of, uh, I would say, intuitive in human society. Hmm? Um, there's a universal intuition held in human society that there's more to life than what meets the eye, that there's meaning and purpose and value and so forth, as we were discussing this morning. Hmm? And um, more than what meets the eye and the mind means, well, the more than what the physical um, limitations uh, or the physical world hmm, affords us, which are limitations that we sense we can, we can go beyond. Hmm? We try to go beyond that by stretching the envelope of material existence, so to speak, and, and doing th- things that... You know, um, that we might have been thought we could have never done, like you know, go to the moon or something like that. Um, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, 
And um, when we say that there's, there's more to life than what meets the eye and the mind, we, we're also saying that there's more, uh, in a, in a, in, not in a quantitative sense, but in a qualitative sense. Hmm? Because the, um, the world of, of things and thoughts, um, obviously things, the world of things, are, are, are limited, is, is limited. The world of things is limited. Things, um, we find that the accumulation of them, hmm, acquisition, uh, adding more things to our life, uh, doesn't uh, make our, uh, doesn't meet the the sense that we feel that there's more, uh, that, that life offers more. In other words, um, as you know, even people who have everything um, feel want for something more. It's, there you go. There's the <coughs> sutra for us in English. Um, so, so it's it's. Uh, it's not about acquiring. It's not about just adding something more. Hmm? Um, indeed, uh, it said in, in in Zen that less is more. Hmm? And um, so this is a very backward idea. Uh, as I said this morning, we would think that by having, by, by I said this morning, by giving away, we would think we would have less. Hmm? And to say it the opposite way, by getting more, by adding on, we would think we would have more. Hmm? But it's in both cases, it's not necessarily our experience. We can add on and acquire, hmm? and there's an appearance of having more, and it may endure for some time, hmm? but it's only an appearance. And it, it may be just the opposite. We may, for example, get more, by borrowing money from the bank. But if we read the fine print, we realize we got less. We owe more than we had before and then than what we have now and so forth. Um, so this is more readily how the world really works. Hmm? By acquiring more and the effort made for that and so forth, it's, uh, we don't necessarily become more uh, um, or feel more complete Hmm? Um, there's a place for acquiring, hmm? no doubt, but um, and that we have to talk about. But to, for the moment, go to the other side. As I was saying this morning, we would think that by conversely, that by giving something that we have, we would have less. Uh, but our experience is that when we give, as much as we truly do give, which means without expectation of of gain. Hmm? independently of what the giving itself is, uh, constitutes. The more that we give without expectation of gain is the more that we actually experience the giving and, of course, as it said, the getting that giving is in and of itself. We feel and we experience that we got more, that we are more. As I've said other times, you can't hold up and say, Here's it, here it is, this is what I got. I gave this away and I got this. But we... We can feel it, and we can, others perceive it in us as well, that there's more to us. We've grown. The self, the Gita teaches, that it contracts. 
in a sense, by taking, and it expands by giving. Hmm? Um, so, this is kind of mystical. It's not like logical. It would be the other way around. You, you would, would think we, we often like that the things will proceed logically and all make sense and all fit between our ears, so to speak. But um, it is a simple observation like this leads us to believe that, that that's not really how the things work, how, how life proceeds. Hmm? Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. So, <coughs> as humans. We, 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 we universally sense that there's, there's more to life quantitatively, but qualitatively there's more. There's more means, um, qualitatively I mean there's more in the sense that there's meaning, hmm? right? Because matter doesn't really matter unless we matter about it. That, that, that somehow we're a unit of meaning and, and, and value and um, we may posit value in things, hmm? but um, in doing so, we may also lose sight of that we are the value, a unit of value, in, in which is different from matter unto itself, as it is, that which has no value. Hmm? Just like, for example, <coughs> we... have the capacity to extend ourself into things hmm? by way of, for example, saying, this is my house. This is my car. Hmm? Uh, this is um, my country. Hmm? So uh, it, it takes on certain light as much as we're in it. Hmm? And, and it, it's a light that then has value to us. Our, my country is more important than some other country um, because it's mine. My car is, is important. If, if your car gets a flat tire, it's only important to me as much as I feel like you are mine. Hmm? If you are my daughter and you have a flat tire, then I feel concerned. If, you know, you know, they don't put it in the paper like, somebody got a flat tire and, <laughs> and everybody should be concerned. Hmm. Um, but somebody's concerned when they get a flat tire because it's, it's their car. In other words, they've invested themselves into that thing. Now that thing has taken on a value. So the Gita, for example, following the Upanishads, says things like, it's not the, 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 the husband that the wife loves, but the self. It's not the children that the mother loves, but the self. In other words... Why do we love our husband? Why do we love our children? Because it's our husband, <laughs> it's my husband, it's my children, and I am invested in, in that. It's a concept. They don't really belong to me. Uh, but but um, the point being here is what we really love is the self. Hmm? That is what is really lovable in the world. Hmm? And so it's, it's more. We are, there's more to life. There's more qualitatively means that there's more than, than just numbers hmm? and, um, and things. Hmm? Um, 
So this, uh, this kind of feeling the Gita teaches, this arises in, in human um, life, which, uh, welcome, which is a very um, extraordinary time. We, we live in, in human time, all of us here tonight. It's very extraordinary. It's, um, it's, um, it's, a, it's a time for thinking about these kinds of things. That, that, that in less complex forms of life are not entertained. Hmm? They're troublesome in one sense. Um, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're questions. They're troublesome only because they're questions that pertain to what we are as the unit of consciousness rather than matter. The best things in life are not things. Hmm? Um, the very idea that there are things is an idea. Hmm? So, <laughs> at the root of everything is is uh, consciousness. Is, is my point. I'm making the point in a very, in a very general way. And um, and as I said this morning, that's the only thing that we really know. We really only know uh, our own. Consciousness. We don't really know. We can't really prove that or anything else. But we, we know that nonetheless. Hmm? Um, I mean, we function as a, uh, accordingly, hmm? and and that forms a particular perception of matter, and we function in relation to it, and so on and so forth. So, <coughs> so uh, the Gita speaks to this this sense that is very intuitive in, 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 in human society. And it helps us to try to hone that. So it's not working, I want to say, with a belief system as much as it's working on, on a discussion as to the nature of being. And, and um, if we listen to it carefully, it, 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 sa- it articulates better, it articulates what we feel. Hmm? What um, something very significant that is part of the uniquely um, part of the human uh, experience. So that type of discussion is very different, as I say, from a belief. You should believe in this and so forth. Now, of course, the Gita was spoken by Krishna. So, and the Gita asserts in the Gita it is asserted that Krishna is God. So, that's a different thing. From philosophy, the book goes into theology in the middle six chapters. In the last six chapters, it reflects back on the um, theology and the underlying philosophy of it and, and goes into some of the metaphysics of that uh, in greater depth. Hmm? But when we move from the philosophical kind of dissertation on really, and it's not really much a dissertation as, as, as it is an invitation to conversation. Hmm? I'm speaking about this book, the Gita, as an as a, as a example of revelation, so that may not sound real cool to us, you know, I don't know, I mean, revelation, you know, like some book is going to tell you everything and that's all you need to know, and, and um, um, it sounds a little limiting in a way, hmm? and that's part of the reason why people shy away from from religion and organized religion and, and, and religious books and, and, and so forth. It's one book and it's all there and all the answers and 
and you've got to do what it says and not otherwise or else um, is not a very, very most popular um, idea. Hmm? Um, but um, when I speak of revelation, I'm speaking of, maybe you've caught the point already, you're all thoughtful people, that it's a conversation because human life is is a question. So human life is this question, where's the more? Hmm? I sense that there's more to life than what meets the eye and the mind. I'm different than the less complex species of life because they may be conscious in that they are, they perceive, hmm? as we go down the chain, so to speak, the level of the perception seems maybe less and less, but um, we, we can validate that there is perception. Perception is, is, in, is, incidentally, is not what the Gita is talking about when it speaks about consciousness. Hmm? Perception or awareness, that's an aspect of consciousness. Hmm? Um, just like a light. If we turn on a light, it, it, a light is luminous and it illuminates. So it itself is, is luminous and it may illuminate the room. Hmm? So the illuminating capacity of the light is what we would compare to what we call awareness, perception. Hmm? But awareness and perception, they, um, well, they require... A, uh, a perceiver. Hmm? Um, so this perception is something is carrying out the perception. This is an, or is 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 aware and it's uh, is illuminating and so forth. It, and it is luminous in and of itself. So consciousness is luminous like the light, and it has the capacity to illuminate. We are more concerned with its capacity. To illuminate, or the, or the, excuse me, or the fact that it's luminous, hmm? it's hard to talk about. Forgive me, but it's given. It's hard to talk about consciousness because it's not like anything that uh, anything within the, the objective world. It's part of the subjective world. Hmm? It is the subjective world, <laughs> and so it's hard to talk about it in any definitive way because we generally define things by comparing things, and there's nothing in the world that compares to it. The world is non-experiential reality. I mean, matter. It's non-experiential reality. We are experiential reality. That's, like, really different. Hmm? So that's why books like the Gita, for example, they say to us more or less, what is it in the world, if anything that most resembles God? And the answer is you. Hmm? That sounds pretty good. <laughs> but it sounds a little, well, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, but, yeah, but. So, like I said, not, not you know, not entirely, not, but like God. Hmm? Um, so as, it, as, 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 as undefinable and immeasurable and difficult to grasp is the self, consciousness. So too is God. It's just it's 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 a given. Hmm? Why doesn't he just show up? Is you know sometimes why doesn't he just show himself? And, 
it's a non, it's, that's a question that's based on not understanding the, 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 the theory. Why doesn't consciousness just show up? <laughs> it's there all the time. <laughs> you don't have to believe if you have consciousness or not. It's not a question of do you believe that you have consciousness. So you, this morning we were talking about the soul. Somebody asked about what does the soul it, um, live beyond death and so forth. And we, we talk about the nature of the question and so forth. But um, <clears throat> but we don't, in, 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 in the Gita terminology, we don't like believe in the soul. It's just kind of a silly question. Do you believe in, in consciousness? It's like most fundamental. We couldn't, even, we couldn't even talk about anything without consciousness. We can't talk about consciousness without consciousness. We can't get away from consciousness. There's nowhere, there's nowhere to... You can be without it and be. It is being. Hmm? So it's in, inescapable. It's fundamental. It's at the root of, of, of everything. And at the same time... And it's, it's I. It's the I am. Hmm? that is so important to us, the most important thing to us, and it's very difficult to, to, to understand at the same time. Hmm? Uh, it's difficult to talk about. It doesn't make it less or something we should retire. Can't talk about it. What can you say about it? That means it's beyond words. That's extraordinary. It's beyond thought. Hmm? So we have to try to talk about it. We have to try to think about it in such a way that by so doing, we may, we may come up with a methodology that transcends word and thought itself and arrive at a kind of knowing that word and thought um, cannot, um, cannot arrive at unto themselves. So this is the ultimate, you know, the Gita in this way talks about the spiritual life as ultimate uh, ad- adventure. It's like way beyond going to Mars. Uh, it, it's entering into the uh, you know the invisible. It's 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 dissolving, it's dissolving the whole material sense of being, which is such a fantasy, such an illusion. You know that I, for example, as we said this morning, that I am American, for for example, or I am Indian, or I am a woman, or I am a man. This is such a fantasy. That I is, is all based on our sense of my. Hmm? And we don't own anything. Nothing belongs to us. So, and that's obvious. So that, so that I is very, very fragile. That I that's derived from my is very, very fragile. Uh, it's, it's not at all... It will die, that's for sure. And, and spiritual life rather says, says that, that invites us to kill it. Hmm? People want to know if, if I will live up beyond death. Well, yeah, but uh, first you've got to kill yourself. <laughs> As you think of yourself, hmm? metaphysically, you have to bring an end to that and, and let us look at it, what the nature, why it's worthy of such, why, why it's worthy of slaying. Hmm? And so we, we come, you know, in this way, to the metaphor of, of the Gita. There's a battlefield, and uh, Arjun is, 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 is um, charged with... Uh, killing um, his family members, as, as it would turn out. And there are, there are religious reasons for the war, like there are today, you know, in some countries. In this country, too, people think you should go to war because of, you know, 
because it's religiously right, or in some Middle Eastern countries, or it may happen as well. Um, and so there's a religious setting of righteousness over unrighteousness of the war, but there's a larger metaphysical setting that's really being talked about hmm? in the need to, to, to slay the false sense of ownership and the identity derived from that um, in order that we might experience the more that we are. Hmm? We are the more. Hmm? And the book, the Gita, the Revelation, as I was saying, it's revelation, but I liken it to a conversation rather than a mandate from above. Hmm? Because it's a, it's a conversation, and so there has to be two in the conversation, and human life, it, it begins the conversation by way of just saying, why? Why am I? What is the meaning? What is the value? You are the meaning. You are the value. You posit value. You give value to material things. You are the meaning. You are the value. Hmm? You are the more. Hmm? And, um, and you are asking the question in human life, because in human life, well, we know, as I said, other species are conscious in that they're aware of things. They can perceive pain. If I pinch, you, know, you can feel it. And if I pinch a cow, I may not say anything, but if you pinch hard enough, she will. Hmm? Squeeze her udder the wrong way, and she'll kick you. Hmm? So, so they, they're aware, they're, they're in that sense. But in those species, the opportunity to be aware to the extent that we are, to talk about, I'm aware, I'm perceiving. Hmm? It's so cool that we do that, that we, we project it onto animals in our comics and things like that. We, you know, we give them human characteristics. And we, what would life be without that, we're thinking? Hmm? Hmm? Isn't it? So this is what this is, according to the Gita, is the self that we are, this, this self, that, that this, this consciousness that really animates the biological um, um, life. Hmm? Um, and it does it rather kind of invisibly or immeasurably. People look for it. Where is it? It's consciousness. It's causal. Uh, uh, soul. We can't, we can't measure it. We can't find it. Therefore, it must not, must not be there and so forth. But I, this morning I touched on it briefly. It's, it's not any really much, in one sense, different than Newton's discovery of gravity. They, couldn't, they all thought the world's a machine and motion requires contact. Hmm? And then Newton was—he was an advocate of that himself, obviously. And then he, then he, then he, then he realized the law of gravity, and there was motion without contact. That's weird. You understand? There was motion without contact, and his contemporaries thought you're becoming an occultist again. We were trying to do away with all that superstitious belief and so forth—that there's some fairies out there moving things or or, or something. Hmm? It's all explainable. It's all right there. It's just a machine. There's just different parts, and the parts connect like this, and that's what the world is, and so forth. Mm -hmm. well, we don't know why large bodies attract smaller bodies. We don't know why. They do. We just accept it, and we go on. It becomes part of science, and you don't question it anymore. But it, it is really not answered. Um, <clears throat> so, the self... Uh, it's it, it, it uh, consciousness is causal. Hmm? It's in, it has influence. It, it's the whole influence, really. Hmm? It a activates matter in such a way that it has a causal matter. Has a, matter has a causal 
aspect to it once activated by consciousness. Hmm? But <clears throat> um, this is, again, this is what we, in, in human life, we, we, we start to, we can, we can think about, we can entertain, we can discuss other species of life are conscious, they're aware, but they're not aware of themselves, that we, that we exist and why, and it's, it has to become problematic. You've got to think about it and so forth. Or you go, oh, I don't think about it. I used to think about that when I was younger, you know. I'm done with that now. Pass the beer or whatever, you know. Or It's just like, no, you know. One person once they asked me, I was offering him, you should read this book, Bob McGee. He said, what am I supposed to do? Read all the books about spiritual life, you know? There's so many of them. I said, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. You, know? <laughs> you are supposed to do that, Yeah, <laughs> That's a good use of your time, you know. And, 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 and they all have, a lot of them have things in common and so forth. And if they have this in common, hmm, this theme, hmm, this theme, when a question said, is asked, will I, li- will I um, survive death? If they say, well, if you kill yourself first, metaphysically, then there's hope for that. Hmm? Then they have some substance. Hmm? This self that I'm talking about killing is a taker. Hmm? It's a killer. So we believe in the capital punishment in a metaphysical <laughs> sense. Uh, the self uh, that derived from acquisition, from sense of my, and false sense of proprietorship, ownership, and so forth, is a thief. Hmm? That self is a thief. It may be a white-collar thief, or it may be a blue-collar thief. You know, It, it, it could be a, a dacoit. And, uh, there are different degrees, but it's all... all uh, <clears throat> punishable. <clears throat> Excuse me. Punishable means that, well, that, that there's consequences for such, um, that's what we call karma. It's just a common idea. There's consequences for action. And um, this life of acquisition is, in, for humans, is like really shooting yourself in the foot in terms of pursuing and attaining the more that we sense life is about than just animal life, hmm? for example. We really try to, as I said, one of the things we do, we try to stretch the human envelope to make it more, and so we make more out of sex. Hmm? Books and books about it and, and, and so forth, and you know, it's really the same physical affair that we find, um, you can just find the cows doing in the field there, you know, but we're like trying to make more out of it. And, um, or eating, hmm? or whatever it may be, the basic how thing, how to, how to live type, how to eat, how to sleep, how to mate, and so forth. We make a lot out of these things, um, but this is an effort really to, 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 to experience the more that we are, hmm? But not in an organized way, not in a, in a, in a, a guided way. Hmm? The Gita offers a guided way to pursue them more, to do what you're already doing. Hmm? That's not quite working. Hmm? Because the more you can, you can talk about it and make more out of it, and um, let's take defense, for example. Every species of life has to defend itself to some extent. And nature provides a system of defense for every species of life. Right, we, 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 I mean, relatively speaking, every species has some method. The skunk has a tail and lifts it up, you know, and there you go. And everybody has something. 
this is this is nature's answer to a, a, a natural question, a biological question. How will I defend my biological self? Well, limitedly, <laughs> pick up your tail, you know, or whatever it may be. It's limited, but but some to some extent, yes, there's some place for it, but but it's limited. Hmm? So this answer is there. Now we have the same. How do I protect myself? How do I eat? How to sleep? Same type of questions as human beings. We have the same questions, but they don't seem to be as readily answered (laughs) or solved for us. And the reason I would say is because we have this other question: this why, Hmm? this why. And revelation is the answer to that, because it's it's thought to be coming not from the natural world but from the supernatural. It's coming, in at least, from others who have gone beyond thought and word, thought and speech. Hmm? And now they try to think about it and speak about it for, in our language, hmm? with reason and so forth, in such a way, not as to, to completely describe it, They're saying it can't be completely described. That's why it's so worthy of pursuing. That's what makes it so exciting. Hmm? We want, if I could completely describe it, maybe I'll take it. Hmm? It's indescribable. Well, that sounds pretty attractive then. It's indescribable. Hmm? You are of that nature. Hmm? But still, something could be said. Hmm? And those who have experience can speak about it in such a way that they do speak comprehensively about it in as much as that speech compels us to pursue it. Hmm? And the pursuit of that is not an irrational pursuit, but what we call a transrational pursuit. A pursuit that is reasonable, but in and of itself is more than an intellectual exercise. Hmm? Hmm. One One that seeks to turn off the mind and 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 our organs of perception and action and so forth and to take us into the world and identification with it. So for the turn those off for a moment hmm, and be and experience that and so forth. This is of course meditation, the chanting, these are all transrational exercises. They're not irrational, hmm, but they're not merely rational um, exercises, which would which which can never Obviously, I mean, it can never really. Um, you, you don't use a candle to light up the sun, you know. Like, it's like, as I said, consciousness is everywhere. It's not like, is there a soul? It's not going to, you know, appear in the court of reason to be, you know, to be challenged. It's unchallengeable. Not whether we believe in consciousness or not. It's not a. It's not an issue. So. It's a question, of, in one sense, of defining what is soul, what is atma. If we say it is consciousness, then we we'll go, oh, okay, well, then it's not a question of believing it or not. I am consciousness. Now, what is the nature of that consciousness? Hmm? What is the nature of consciousness? I mean, I'm talking about it from the texts, from Revelation of the East. This is the subject matter. Hmm? Um, and we're not saying less about it by saying it is beyond measurement, beyond thought beyond uh, the ability to comprehensively explain it. We're saying more about it. We're saying it's, it's the more. Hmm? 
Um, <clears throat> so this is what um, our human life, in one sense, is. It's a it's a big question because this consciousness that we are constituted of and moving through different species of life hmm, as a result of which are the consequences of action. We call that karma. When you arrive in the human life, then we have this self-awareness. Nature realizes it has a soul. And it's, a, it's thinking about itself. Hmm? That's us, human life. And so we really, from the perspective of the Gita, we're really pursuing ourself in everything we do. We're loving ourself, but it, we're not quite figuring it out, how it's working. Like I said, we, we don't really love the house, we love ourselves. Because it's my house, I love it. So it's, it's I that I love. Somehow I'm there. Hmm? It's me that I love. I'm lovable. Hmm? That's a good one. <laughs> we, need that. we need that even psychologically to feel that way these days in order to pursue what I'm talking about, which is, which is more than psychological, you're, you're okay, you know, stop self-loathing and so forth. Um, there's, 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 there's much optimism here as to, as to what you are. Um, and, of course, that brings us kind of in a, to the life of a spiritual practitioner who, who in order to, to proceed vertically hmm, in terms of experiencing the more that he or she is, uh, needs some horizontal uh, development as well. In, so, as I said earlier, there is some place for acquisition. Hmm? How can acquisition result in experiencing the more. We kind of talked about it in a way in which it doesn't. The more that we are, the more that we see it, what is more to life? I'm saying we are that more. How can material acquisition facilitate us experiencing the more that we are? In one sense we said, well, material acquisition can't, but I said there is a place for it. There's a place for it. And as much as we take from the world hmm, for the purpose of giving, and charity begins at home. So you, you take from the world as much as you need materially, you acquire. Hmm? That may mean physical acquisition, that may, may mean you need some psychological acquisition to you know, retrain your, your brain from how you, you know, started thinking as a child, which is now troublesome for your, your functioning in, in, in a health, healthy and wholesome way, you don't feel good enough about yourself, materially speaking, to, to um, pursue um, spiritual life. Just like if you're too hungry, well, you know, it's hard to say, just chant. You know? Chanting is the solution to hunger, there's no question about that. There must be a transrational uh, solution to the problem of hunger, but it, it's a little bit long range. But it's but it you know as soon as you feed someone of course they become hungry again so obviously feeding them is not the solution to hunger hmm? that doesn't work we know that works on some level so we can eat enough to pursue a more comprehensive solution to the hunger problem and all the problems of material identification and that kind of acquisition becomes part of realizing the more that what life is so bhakti as a school a transrational school is very generous in this way. It affords us much opportunity to, uh, to acquire 
which we're very accustomed to, acquiring and thinking that I'll be more by acquiring, but it, it just regulates or uh, 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 guides the taking in such a way. Take, acquire, for, acquire forgiving. Hmm? You acquire as much as is necessary for you to feel fit and whole physically and psychologically to pursue the challenge of self-realization, of God-realization. And it's a challenge. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, I mean, who would volunteer to go to Mars? It's a cool, I mean, it would be neat if you could just flash up there and hang out for a few minutes and come back. But as you know, it takes a long time to get there and you will never come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what to speak of, you know, there's like, what, uh, you know, 200 million galaxies and a billion, I think it is, and they have, you know, heat has billions of stars and, and so on and so forth. So and I'm saying to you that what the Gita is presenting to us, it's very charming in a way, very thoughtful in a way, very compelling in a way, but, that, but again, the challenge of the adventure that it, that it lays before us is greater than going, you know, as far as Star Trek ever went, okay. Captain Kirk and those guys, as far as they ever went and beyond. Hmm? And, there's, and you know what? There's no coming back from there. Either. There's no return. Hmm? But why come back? Hmm? Just a way of saying it. Hmm? It's all metaphors for light. There's no need for sun, moon, fire, electricity there. Hmm? It's, a, it's all metaphors of light, luminosity, and so forth. Hmm? There you're at home. Everything is luminous. As a whole, there's no darkness. Darkness is, of course, compared to ignorance. Hmm? Unknowing. It's all knowing. And it's all knowing in the bhakti context because it's all loving. Hmm? We're talking about knowing. But the Gita is about knowing for loving. Hmm? So this is, this is where the, the, the text really becomes interesting. I mean, the challenge just to move, just to, just to pursue self-realization. Hmm? And you can, okay, I've got to take a few things with me. I need some kind of, you know, like you go backpacking or something, you're going to go back into the, and there's no mountains here, I guess, I guess. If you went to the Rocky Mountains, a little north of us maybe, in Colorado or something, you're going to go backpacking. So you've got to take some things with you. You know, you've got to take some soup that, shh, you know, pour it in a, out of a package and heat it up and light, you know, saying things, survival type of... So you've got to take a few things, things with you, but there's no, there's no coming back. And the point is, it's not worth coming back. This is darkness. This is ignorance. Where, where, is, where, is, where are we going from? Hmm? We're going from unknowing. Hmm? Going from unknowing to from darkness to light, from unknowing to knowing, from rityam amritam gamayo, from from death hmm? to to deathlessness. Hmm? This is this is very exciting. We can take a few things with us, as I said. We can acquire a few things. And with good guidance, we should have good guidance. Okay, you need this, you need that. Hmm? 
we acquire these things, this, this makes for a kind of a horizontal foundation for building, for, for growing vertically. Hmm? <coughs> 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 and so, uh, there's a place for acquisition, and especially so, I want to say, in a path that the Gita ultimately speaks about, which is not only this adventure of the difference between consciousness and matter, hmm? we're talking about, but then, then what is the nature of consciousness unfettered by matter? What is, what is its potential? What are the possibilities that lie in that realm? You are a unit of the more than what meets the eye and the mind, and the possibilities of this world seem unlimited to us. That's only a human perspective, though, a perspective of consciousness, really, about itself. It looks like the world has unlimited possibilities. Hmm? Um, so when we move from matter to consciousness, from the objective world to the subjective world, I mean, it's such a change. What, 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 therefore, it's said sometimes that in the lexicon there, in the dictionary there, there's the impossible is not found. Hmm? So when we move from a threatened sense of existence, like now our existence is threatened. We think, I'm an American. And we're under threat of, you know, we might die at any time. Hmm? Problem. By natural causes, by unnatural causes. We're, we're living with some trepidation, some fear, some anxiety. So to end that, hmm, and understand the extent to which you exist, end all fear, that's huge. But now, to go, to go from there. Hmm? But you say, well, well, you know, that's, that's like, we're, that's huge. I mean... That's an, uh, the first part is a, is a mouthful. That's hard to digest and to swallow. Hmm? Uh, but the Gita wants to go that far, wants to go beyond that. Hmm? In other words, it wants to go beyond the fact there's a difference between you and matter, which is enough that I could just like, whoa, I'll stop right there. That's incredible. I'm consciousness, not matter. I, and I can go there. I can, be, I can experience that and... and, and all the implications of that, end of all fear, all anxiety, hmm? eternal being. Hmm? That sounds pretty, ha- pretty happy. You end all the sorrow, that sounds pretty happy. Hmm? But what the Gita says is, ending the sorrow of material identification is not the full face of happiness. Just like not taking is not the full face of giving. I said our material ego must die, it's a taker. Hmm? It should be killed. Hmm? It's criminal. Hmm? So if we stop the taking and exploiting tendency, it's a popular idea, we shouldn't exploit nature and so forth. As much as we ourselves are identified with nature, um, rather than with ourself, as kind of a caretaker of nature, um, then we'll be an exploiter ourselves as well, hmm? however well we frame it. So to, to move into identification with consciousness proper is to really end exploitation. Because there's nothing to take anymore. Hmm. You are. You're indestructible. Hmm. Hmm. There's nothing to take. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing to fear. There's, there's, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to eat to live. Hmm. So, so this is the, really the end of exploitation. But the end of taking 
or exploitation. It is not the full face of giving. And loving is about giving. Hmm? So the Gita wants to go on. That is its theological section, where it asks us to begin to believe, if you will, in the middle six chapters, where Krishna says, and I'm God. Hmm? See me in different ways. And he speaks to Arjuna and so forth. He's already gone through like these first six chapters of, of talking about the nature of being that kind of turns our heads in a way like, yeah, that's interesting. That makes sense. That's like, I don't kind of have to believe in that. It just, it just yeah, I kind of, it's talking about what I'm doing without me having thought about the implications of it and so forth. So it's, it's very compelling. And having taken us there, hmm, then Krishna starts to talk about things that are beyond the ken of our experience. The nature of, of possibilities in a realm constituted of consciousness. So, for example, the leelas of Krishna. Here is your picture, the leela of Krishna. Krishna's with his cows. Okay? Here he is um, stealing butter. Over here, makanchor. Hmm? There he's got some more cows. I mean, there he is behind us, so speaking to Arjun, the Bhagavad Gita, in that photo. So, you know, what's that all about? Hmm? This is... This is what the middle of the Gita is about. What's that all about? Hmm? You know, we're, we're just talking about, well, the world of forms and things, American, woman, man, these are forms. These are here today and gone tomorrow. Hmm? You know, we've got all that, okay. <laughs> got that. I'm consciousness, not matter, at least theoretically. That sounds good. And now all of a sudden you're starting to introduce forms and names and and it looks like ordinary human interaction, and so forth. What, what is that? I mean, aren't we going backwards here? <clears throat> no. That's a very um, interesting point. No, we're going forward. We're going forward in terms of the potential of consciousness as not only a unit of being and self-knowing, but a unit of loving capacity. Hmm? Sat, being, being, chit, knowing, Ananda, hmm? loving. Hmm? We're a unit of loving capacity. Hmm? So these pictures, and the middle six chapters, is about that, the loving capacity of the self. Hmm? Now, in order to love, there has to be another. Hmm? There has to be movement. Hmm? Right? Love is, a mo- is, is movement, a, a movement. Huh? Not a movement out of necessity that I'm feeling lacking, but out of fullness. I love you and I'm going to tell the world, like that guy, what was his name some years ago? That actor, Tom Cruise, on, he jumped up on the couch. I love her. You know, it was like, okay. You know, so he was moving, kind of, kind of like, you're not supposed to stand on the couch, Tom, on TV, you know. But, but I love her. Okay, it's all right then. Those kind of movements, they look, you know, a little different and they're hard you know, to understand. But, oh, it's out of love. Okay, well, then it makes some sense. Hmm? Love knows no reason. Hmm? There's a kind of movement in transcendence that knows no reason. Hmm? The interesting thing here is that that movement, that lila, that, that the self has capacity to enter into that like, the love life of, of, of the absolute. If we're a spark, 
of consciousness than the fire, the source. If we're a ray of the sun of consciousness, the sun has a life. This is a nice metaphor. We, we, we sometimes use the metaphor of the sun to explain God. Okay, it's like watching over us all day long, right? If it didn't rise, we would be finished. Um, because of the sun, we have vegetation and we have rain. Uh, fire gives rain. Huh? What? Yes. Uh, it's, it, so there's the sun. These are all ways of talking about God in a general way in terms of how God provides for us. Hmm? In other words, things are provided for us, it would appear. So the sun is an example of that. The sun didn't rise, then what would, where would be our, be our position? It's just a way of thinking about it. But, but, but in what the Gita is talking about is, that's a way of thinking about the sun like God. What, the, what, what God can do for us. Hmm? And us means I'm a, me as an American. And this is like God's like scratching his head, like what, you know? That's like not doing much for you, you know. Facilitating your illusion is not much. But if you want it, okay. Hmm? We can facilitate it. We can provide. Hmm? In the context of acknowledging that, that you are dependent entity in order to, you know, pursue your, your identity as an American or Indian, well, that, that sense of acknowledging or that acknowledgement of your dependence is a little bit of vertical growth. Hmm? Okay, I'm not alone here. In order for me to see with my eyes, I need the sun. Okay, I'm not, there's an interdependence between myself, uh, my capacity to perceive, and, and arrangements of nature, and so on and so forth. Um, this kind of thinking is, if from the Gita's perspective, is a very kind of like in, very beginning inching of vertical growth. I'm a dependent entity. Um, and so as we grow in that we can use the sun as a metaphor it grows to the point of saying hey wait a minute Hmm? the sun is providing for us here but the sun has its own life what's that about it's full of nuclear explosions what's that Hmm? I don't know I don't think we could enter there Hmm? no yes you can this is the, following the metaphor. You, you kill the self, hmm? that the self is dependent upon a natural environment, that self, hmm? and you find yourself as a, a unit of light, you go to the sun and find out what, what are the nuclear explosions. So in this analogy, the Leela of Bhagawan is like that. The, God says, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to know. And Buddha, found, hmm, the Buddha, Knowing there's a Buddha. Hmm? I want what is what is friendship? And there's Ram, Balram. Hmm? These are like waves, an ocean of consciousness. Hmm? Hmm? Whatever it wants, it is. Hmm? And there's an explosion. Hmm? You have to understand if transcendence is a loving environment as opposed to a giving environment, as opposed to our taking environment here. It has to have some kind of movement, and it will be very extraordinary. Hmm? And it will be movement out of, out of fullness, not out of emptiness, not of necessity, like our karmic movement here. We move out of necessity. Hmm? And, and then we take, and then we owe, and off to work we go. This is a different kind of movement. Hmm? 
the dancing of Sri Chaitanya in ecstasy and chanting. This is Leela. This is a different kind of movement. Hmm? That's very extraordinary. Hmm? And what it is, what, what these artistic depictions, or it's depicted in song and so forth, what this is about is this, um, this basic idea that, that we are a unit of loving capacity and to fully realize our potential as a unit of consciousness different from matter, we have to come in touch with a significant consciousness other, and then there has to be this interaction and movement that, that constitutes love, reciprocal dealings, and so forth. And, and, and the description of those to us sounds as fantastic and difficult to believe as we are unwilling as we can, as we, as as much as we, with we can, as we irrationally uh, continue to insist that we live in the fantasy that things are mine, hmm? and the identity that's formed from that my, that I that is born out of my my, hmm? that's a fantasy. We've already talked about that, hmm? and I saw many people going, yeah, yeah, I can go with that. Yeah, that's true. Nothing belongs to me. Yeah, yeah. And the I that's formed out of my sense of my. That's as temporary, as, as illusory as the sense that anything is mine or is wrong, inaccurate, hmm? false. But we irrationally want to stay within that. We think, well, I got something here. I mean, I think I got, at least I can think I got something to hold on to. I have nothing. Hmm? Nothing. Hmm? Hmm? Nature is helping us in that way. I said nature couldn't answer the questions, but she's helpful as an assistant. Hmm? You understand? giving pot net negative impetus. I think you should go in the direction of yourself because you can't stay here. Hmm? I'm telling you that. Sound mean? It, it may only depends how you look at it. Where is she pushing us? What is the negative impetus? For what? It, it, negative impetus to move behind, beyond her limited circle of influence to yourself. As much as we're unwilling to do that, hmm, in one sense, as much as the, the, the story about the life of consciousness in love and that movement that we call Leela, as much as it becomes unbelievable, hmm? difficult to believe. Hmm? Therefore, before talking about it in the middle chapters, Krishna gives the first six chapters. Hmm? He says, do you want us to live in a fantasy? Or would you like to you know, come to the reality of your consciousness? And then, in as much as you do so, oh, what possibilities there are. We're thinking, oh, there are only so many possibilities. How could it be like that? Hmm? You see forms, shapes, movement. It seems like it's very... Now you're eliminating the whole thing again. No. What these are, if you study them carefully and you hear from the right person, these are... These are... These are we call it Sakya, Dasya, Vatsalya, Madurja. Hmm? These are... These are... This is... Means that we're... As units of consciousness, we have the capacity to enter into a realm of affection, of loving. We're moving from a realm of taking hmm, to a realm of giving hmm, and, and accommodating, a place is as accommodating as, it's, as, it, is, as it is affectionate. Hmm. You think, okay, I'm going to go from this small world of forms and names and false sense of procession, proprietorship and so forth and the taking that I'm going to stop all that and I'm going to be consciousness and I'm like, consciousness? I mean, I can't even talk about it. What am I? I'm consciousness. I am, I am, I am. 
I am. And I am silent. There's nothing to say about it. What can you? So, <coughs> okay. That sounds pretty accommodating. Hmm? No fear, no death, no anxiety, hmm? nobody else, just consciousness. Hmm? No, nobody to argue with, but nobody to love. You can love yourself. You can love the fact that you that you that you that you exist. Hmm? There is a huge relief. We could call that joy. Hmm? But as I said, not taking is not the full face of giving, hmm? of loving. Loving is about giving. If we are moving from a taking world, should we move just to not take? Or should we move to love and give? Hmm? So it may be spacious, that idea, you know, as far as it works between our ears to think about it and so forth. Hmm? Beyond the limitations of form and names and, and so on and so forth. But it's lacking in affection. Hmm? Affection requires another. It requires movement, not just the stillness. A different kind of movement. Hmm? So what these, what these leelas and the depictions of them are describing is, is an affectionate environment. Hmm? That's more. Understand? That's more. Uh, more accommodating. Hmm? A loving, and it's more knowing too. Loving is, 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 is pregnant with a kind of knowing that is essential. You know what to do when you love. Hmm? There's no extra knowledge there that's not needed. You know where to go, how to find her, and I'm going, and, and nothing will stop me. And then, in, in, indeed, I've gone beyond reason. How knowing full is that? Hmm? Love knows no reason. It's a kind of knowing that transcends the limits of what we think is knowing and reason. A knowing that satisfies the self, that fulfills the self. What, what, what is the value of knowing otherwise? Only as much as it satisfies the self. Hmm? That fully satisfies the self. That is a kind of knowing. Hmm? It is comprehensive. Hmm? And the play of Krishna, that is Leela, well, it appears as a kind of unknowing. Hmm? But but there is, as I say, there is more knowing in the unknowing, try to follow me, that's involved in loving than there is knowing in omniscience. Hmm? In Leela, the omniscience of the God, it recedes to the background. Hmm? And the boredom of omniscience is is remedied by play. Hmm? Because if you know everything, well, it's kind of boring. Well, you do. So what do you play? That is called Leela. And he plays very hard, hmm? Krishna. And lost in the play. Hmm? And lost in the play means that's an opportunity for us to find him. Hmm? If God's lost, then, then we can find him. <laughs> if he's not lost, how can we find him? <laughs> so it so can be found in Leela. This is the idea. Hmm? In play. And, and to be to become, to, as much as, in really to understand this, hmm, is as much as we're willing to, is to, 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 to pursue 
the idea that, that we are consciousness, not matter. Hmm? As much as you understand that, the more these things become, oh, this makes perfect sense. Hmm? We're still remaining on, on the material side. We like that was an interesting lecture. I think that was cool, but you know, well, we got things to do. You know, so we'll go on <laughs> with our, our our ordinary lives and so forth, and think well, the part about the Leela was a little unbelievable. And those pictures, I don't quite get that. So you you have to you have to go there to get that. And how far do you have to go? Hmm? You have to believe that. No, you don't have to believe that. But this but this you should know. You don't have to believe that, but you don't, but but you have to say yes. Uh, I'm consciousness. I, I at the bottom line, I I, I know that I that I'm conscious. Hmm? That's what I really only know. And so it's not a question of again. Do you believe in a soul? Do you believe in consciousness? It's a question of defining what consciousness is. Is consciousness um, causal? Obviously, yeah. It's at the root of everything. Hmm? Is it different from matter? Sure is. Matter is non-experiential. Consciousness is experiential. How different is that? <laughs> you have to think about how different that is. That is so different. You had to spin to think about how different that is. How different you are from matter. Hmm? No? So, and you can go there. There's a way to go there. That's yoga. That is spiritual life. Hmm? That is, I'm spiritual, not religion. And Krishna says, Sarvadharman pratyaja, mamekam sharanamba. If you want to know me, give up religion. That's for sure. Hmm? This is the Gita, he says. In the end, and if you want to know me, give up religion. He says, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. That's what Krishna says. <laughs> I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Hmm? I'm not against religion, he says, as much as it takes us in the, sp- in the spiritual direction. But if it's misunderstood, it's a huge problem. Mm. You should avoid it. Make it easy. What are the moral laws? Huh. What are the moral laws? If it's good for my spiritual practice, I accept it. If it's bad, I reject it. Now you run with that. Hmm? Makes sense. You understand? This is essential spiritual life. If it's good for my bhakti... Hmm? And how will I know it's good? Well, I talk to people who, are, who have, have attained bhakti, who attained self-realization, such people. They can help me. Is it good? What do you think? Is it good? Will this work? No. All right. Then I have nothing to do with that. Will this help? Yes. Hmm? This is a moral compass, then, that it's not something in an old book that, you know, I have to believe that. It doesn't make sense today. And, so, hmm? and you can tell your own temperature. Hmm? Is is am, am I I'm going down the path? Am I shooting myself in the foot along the way hmm? by doing things that aren't favorable for that are impeding, setting hurdles in front of me? Excuse a little, you know, you have to use a little common sense. Hmm? And of course, you also have to go gradually down the path. This is a huge challenge. You need good guidance for this. We all need good guidance for this. Hmm? And that guidance is very friendly, actually. It's very, very friendly. Hmm? You know, it, it comes in a form of, a, a, that articulates things that we feel that we just couldn't phrase as well ourselves. But yes, that makes sense. I feel good. He said that. She said that. And it hit home, we say. Home is in the heart. And for home going, 
You need a home-knowing person. Hmm? That is for sure. Hmm? That sounds a little... shouldn't sound too ominous. It should sound... Yes, that feels good. I, uh, someone from the homeland to help me, to take me there. Hmm? Yeah. To give me all that... to set me up to, uh, so that I can fly there myself, high in the sky of spiritual prospect. Hmm? You just have to get your wings, so to speak. Hmm? There's something for you to do, that's for sure. Hmm? What is that? You need to make effort to get some grace. Make effort for grace. Hmm? This is the teaching of the Gita. So, a dissertation on the nature of being, and then, when the theology is, is revealed, and, and the love life of the Absolute, and so forth, all this thing, then, it, it's also, you're not asked to believe that either. It makes perfect sense because you now know you've digested the first six chapters and you know I'm consciousness, not matter. And so what would seem impossible by material identification is not so. Hmm? If you have ice and you have water, what's the difference? What can you do with water and what can you do with ice? With ice, you can cool water. <laughs> with water, you can make fire. That's pretty, like we in our ashram in Costa Rica, we have microhydro, so in the water we make a fire of electricity and light up the jungle. Hmm? For what purpose? Hmm? For reading the Bhagavad Gita. (laughs) Something like that. This is very friendly. Hmm? (coughs) So the possibilities of consciousness are, just to use an example, it's like the heart is now hard Hmm? To use a metaphor, you know, the self is in the heart. Sounds good. More than in the head. Than in the head. So the heart is atrophied. Hard means it's hard. It's a taker. Hmm? It's it's on defense. Even when you come and listen to me, you have some defense up. You know, will I listen? Will I accept that? Will I not? Hmm? Guarding with your intelligence. If I can capture your intelligence and freeze it for a moment, then it, we can actually perform some heart massage. Hmm? Uh, get inside and, 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 and stay with you even after you leave without your knowing it. <laughs> it's very, very mystical. Why watch out? <laughs> <clears throat> I can grow on you, so to speak. I mean, the knowledge can grow on you. Hmm? So, it's, it, the heart is, is hard in this way. We're a taker. You know, we, we, we're... we're Defending ourselves, we have a sense I'm American, I'm whatever, a Missourian or a Kansan or whatever, uh, and uh, so on. So, and I'm defending that. I'm, it's under threat. It is. You should defend it. I mean, in one sense. Hmm? So I'm cautious, and and this makes for a hard heart. And I'm and also I'm taking, I'm stealing. Things aren't mine. That's that the whole identity is based on that, as I said. So, so that heart has to melt. Hmm? to be loving. And so, the example, like just like frozen, the heart's frozen, now you're going to melt it. If water's frozen, you got ice, well, okay, something. Water, you can bathe in it, you can drink it, you can make, as I say, fire out of it, you can, you can do something, you can move mountains with it. Huh? Drops of water, wither away the stone. Hmm? What is the possibilities of consciousness? You just get the idea here, and then, okay, wow, who has taught me that, who has helped me the most for pursuing that 
and actually going there, little bit by little bit by little bit, who, who compels me by their example and teaching to want to go there, even though I'm unwilling. Hmm? But when I sit and hope, what is my aspiration? I want to go there. Hmm? I don't want to go to Rome or in India or, or, you know, or to see this or that. I really think it out. And if I've had good sadhu sangha, I think, I really want that. Hmm? But I see my pathetic condition. I'm unwilling to go there and, 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 and do my part. And so, but that's what I want. If that can stick in you somehow and just come to you at, at, at moments of, what do I really want in life? I want that. Hmm? That is so good for you. That is so good for you. That will help you. That will carry you. Hmm? In time, that will grow and take over and become a fever. Hmm? And the, the requisite uh, effort, the required effort, it will, it will come naturally for you. You will find yourself and have a strength just by that, by that thought, by that aspiration, that ideal. In time, you'll have strength. And if you get more association along the way, it will grow. Hmm? And then you will find yourself running there. Hmm? 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 To a land of all possibilities. Hmm? place where impossible is not found. That is a, the love existence of Krishna Bhakti. That is the, the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> so does anyone have any question? We have some light, a little bit of light. No? Yes. That's better. I could see you all a little bit better. That's good for me. Yes. Yes. Krishna Das. Uh, about the process, uh, is this uh, universal process, or you can call it for all beings, or, or this particular, are you talking about Krishna consciousness, is this for all, you know, living beings, or in a particular group? I don't know. It's, like it's only for a particular group. <laughs> Because if you know, let's say the Nila Krishna is quite, you know, like, okay, is that, you know, when you read from books or, you know, from hear from different speakers, will be the same, the you know, of course, you know, and and uh, you go to Vindavan on the same Nila, but here in the same Nila, and, you know, so from, from my limited you know, limited uh, uh, vision seems to be um, place for all living beings. Uh, Where's the place for all living beings? Yeah. Well, I want to say that, that it, it is for a particular group in that. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Bhakti is a, is a gift, so if you have sadhu sangha, hmm, if you have the association of a sadhu, a saintly person who has bhakti, then you can get bhakti. Otherwise, you can't. So, who has that? Then they have that problem hmm. that we're talking about. Hmm. Not everybody has it. Now, is it shareable with everybody? Yes, in that sense, it's universal. It is shareable with everybody, and it is talking about what everybody um, has a potential for. Hmm? 
as a unit of consciousness, everyone has the potential for um, for being, knowing, and, and loving in an in a, in a, in a enduring sense. Hmm? Um, so, uh, but at the same time, we see, well, it's, it's for a limited group because, in two ways, because not everybody's by touched by it or not everybody is able to react to it at the same, in the same measure. Hmm? So, someone may be touched by it and not go for it now, but they'll go for it later. That'll come later. It'll take some time, more touches. Hmm? More, more contact. It, it, it will, it will, it will, it will grow on them. Um, um, but I mean, it's like I've given an example before. If you were to walk out, you know, if the back door and see a UFO land in your, you know, yard, and you go, "Oh my God, there's a UFO," and then you go in to tell your friend, "There's a UFO," and they say, "Right, right there, there's aliens in the backyard." And of course, when they come out on the on the deck, you know, they're not there. And so um, it's a problem. But you saw, and you can't explain it in such a way that it makes sense to anybody else. Your closest friends and family members think, um, there's a problem here, and it's you. Um, <clears throat> but you've seen, so, and it was shown to you. <clears throat> the why of that, it would, it would take a lot to sort out. Hmm? But you saw. Hmm? And so then you had to find other people that saw, and then you joined this UFO group, and we try to talk about, like, what was the experience? <laughs> what was it like? That's what we kind of do here, you know? It might be, but it's a good one. If bhakti is a good one. It doesn't matter, no. You see, what you're asking for, in a sense, is objective proof for something that's subjective. So that's, you, you can't really ask that. You ask for objective proof for something subjective. I'm telling you, the objective world is a myth. The objective world is a myth. You don't even, nobody knows what matter is. I cited this morning Ryle, who wrote a book years ago called uh, the, the um, what was it called? The Ghost in the Machine. I don't know, some of you, you know, it's, it was in all schools and so forth. It was the, 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 he thought that he exercise, exercised the ghost of the soul from the machine of matter. Matter is just a machine. There's no soul to it. That's a, that's a fantasy idea. You're using science and empirical observation and reasoning about it and so on and so forth. But really what's happened, if you even study science, you see that, that, that the machine has been exercised, not the soul. Hmm? Not consciousness has not been exercised. Neither it's been understood. Hmm? But the machine, I mean, matter is so less like a machine. There's no hard thing, hard bodies out there. I mean, it's, you, know, you don't know what it is. The, the, the mechanistic worldview, um, it, it started to fall apart with Newton, who helped to find it, to found it. Hmm? So, so <clears throat> you know, you, you say, well, what, what if it's just a mass delusion? You know, this person felt like God talked to them. And, and, and what, if it's, what if it's a problem? Well, you know, what's a, what's a problem? What is a problem? Is it, is it a problem? Is it a problem that you think that, um, that how would we explain it, that, there are, that there, there are bodies out there? There are no bodies. How about that? That's not coming from the Bhagavad Gita. That's coming from modern science. There are no bodies. Do you understand that? You know something about science. There are no bodies. That's why I say the machine has been exercised. 
what you think is a body, and it's not, you know, it's not, it's not, that's just a fantasy. Is it okay? You, you know, in other words, materialistically speaking, we're living in a total fantasy. What our, our perception is, is a total fantasy of what the physical, objective reality is. Is it okay? Why aren't you troubled by that? What if it's an illusion? What if there are no hard bodies out there? Is that going to stop you from embracing your Wi-Fi? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not. It's still okay. You know, so uh, that's one you know way to th- think about that. Because hmm? you, you speak when 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 we make you know when we have thoughts like that, they're coming from a misperception in the very beginning. Hmm? That I'm at least I'm living with the truth here. <laughs> at least I've got my feet on the. I know this is true. Hmm? No, you don't. You don't. I mean, let me finish. But you know that you don't know that that's. In fact, it's not true. It's a fantasy. That's one point. And then you can say, well, what if you know so many people were touched by this great spiritual tradition and they all felt it? But you know, it's just it's just an hallucination. It's not real. The question is really, um, does it satisfy them? Hmm? If you want to look at it from a material point of view, does it make them better people? If it does, then. Is it a problem? Is it real? What's real? What will you prove? You want to say, what if it's a fantasy? <laughs> what is a fantasy? And what is a reality? What is proof? Hmm? Prove what? Can you prove that you exist? Can you prove that you exist? Your existence, by that I mean you exist, it's a subjective experience. Your experience of what you, what you, that you exist is entirely different from everybody else's. There are similarities, but it's entirely different, subjective, and private. Can you prove to me that you exist? Logically, you cannot. So should you stop pretending that you do? And get up in the morning and act as if things are important? No, you don't do that. Of course not. You cannot objectively, by third-party, third-person verification, hmm, confirm, what is the word? You cannot, uh, it's not falsifiable (laughs) that you exist. It's not falsifiable. Or is, it's, Anyway, you can't prove it right? in the laboratory. Hmm? You can't prove it. So, so should we stop believing in it? Maybe it's a fantasy. Hmm? You can't live like that. No. So you were saying, what if, if we can't verify it scientifically or by third-person objective verification... Then and we shouldn't believe in it. But but you don't live your life like that. What about first person experiential evidence? Does that have any value? I mean, it has a lot of value. We, that's how we. That's the that's the only talk that you can walk. You can't walk the other talk. Hmm? So what if it's a fantasy? What if it's a fantasy? What if it's not a fantasy? I mean, what? what You have to believe to do anything. Yeah, so, 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 so? Know, when we were talking about that, you don't have to. And now we're coming to the point that actually you have to. Yeah? Yeah, but, but that's universal. In other words, you have to believe that you exist in order to get up in the morning. Hmm? You have to believe that. Faith animates the world. If you don't, if you don't believe it, you, you can't do it. Hmm? So faith is animating everything. People want to make faith be something like a departure from reason. <laughs> Part, faith is animating the whole world. It's not a departure from reason. And properly understood, reason is beautiful 
when it becomes an attendant to faith. Hmm? Not the other way around. Faith is a kind of knowing that transcends reason. Hmm? Now there's religious fanaticism too. That's why I said there are a number of religious traditions, spiritual traditions, and they're worth something as much as they, as the Gita does, hmm, tell us that this, this material sense of self that must be dissected, hmm, that must die, that material ego must die. Obviously, there are many religious traditions that don't tell us that at all, that are, all, that are self-aggrandizing and, uh, and um, narcissistic and problematic and, and uh, mean-spirited and so on and so forth. We're talking about something else. That's why I said, well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, that kind of idea. Ego-effacing traditions. Do you think it's a good idea? You know, you have to think of it from that side. This is my point to you. You have a material sense of self. I've, I've, I've kind of like, you know, opened a hunting season on that here by talking about it. Hmm? So then you should be willing to slay that. You know, if you, if, if you, if you, if you can catch the argument. I'm just saying that this, this slaying process is the process. So Pardon me? This slaying is a process. There's a, there's a, there's different ways to hunt. You can hunt with a shotgun or a machine gun, or a, you can drop an atom bomb, you know, in the forest too. I mean, so yeah, there's different. Ways. Because something is hard does not mean it's not worth doing. It, no, it, it means quite the opposite. I'm just kind of puzzled by this process, you know, like presented by by the Prabhupada, you know, the, the specific process of, of uh, let's say, the Krishna-lila, you know, because that requires, okay, I embrace it. Well, let me ask you this. Does listening to me help at all? You can say no. Don't, don't be afraid. In other words, you know, Prabhupada is, is, is my guru. He talked about it at a certain time in a certain way and so forth. You know, now I'm talking about it. I think you could say I talk about it a little differently. It's the same subject. I make the similar points, but I talk about it a little differently. It may be, it may, some people find it helpful in this time. Hmm? And so the, the, the part of the process that you're talking about is being in touch with people that have experience that can talk about it creatively and thoughtfully in, 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 in relation to the, the times in which we live and, and, the, and in consideration of the fact that people have been involved in it for some time and maybe they were misapplying themselves, misunderstanding and not getting a desired result and all that kind of persons with, with that kind of background, they can be helpful to us. So a big part, what I'm saying to you, of the process as you, as you describe it is having association with, with persons who have deep experience of that. Hmm? So you have to think how much you've afforded yourself that and whether, whether maybe there's something lacking in that regard and if that could be filled, if that wouldn't help you to assimilate, understand, uh, whatever you want to call it, believe in such things. I'm laying out for you like philosophical possibilities here. If there is a, if, if love hmm, is 
is, is meaningful in an enduring sense, then it has to be something that is played out and experienced in the subjective world in consciousness. And con- that consciousness has to be independent of matter. Hmm? And if there is love there, there has to be movement. That is what we call lila. Hmm? Now, if you want to only think that far about it, that's fine. Hmm? But if, if ultimate reality is only about loving to be rather than being to love, then you don't have to have lila. Hmm? You don't need lila then. But I ask you very plainly, what is better? What do you think? What is better, to love to exist or to exist to love? Well, that speaks about what we are, you see. That's why we all go, okay, you know, I get it, you know. Existing to love is better. Hmm? But is it possible? Is it possible? Is there love? That's the question we're asking. Is there love? You tell me. I mean, you're all looking for it, so I mean, you know, it ought to be there. Is it just a fantasy? That's what you're saying. Maybe it's just a fantasy. Maybe there is no love. So, Maybe, but I mean, I'm not going to you know, give up trying. I mean, nobody else is really either. Even if you say there is none, you still look for it. I mean, if, you know, if you say there is no perfect knowledge, then why why you keep looking for it? Because everybody's looking for perfect knowledge as much as you're looking for knowledge that will inform our action by which we become, can become perfectly happy. So at least I say theoretically there is perfect knowledge. And that knowledge is love. Hmm? You can say, I don't believe there's perfect knowledge. I say, okay, and you're crazy. Okay, you can say that. But I say that you say you don't believe in it, but you still pursue it. Hmm? That is crazy. Hmm? So this is the only question we're asking here once. It's, is there love? What do you think? Is, it, is, it, is there an idea? Is there, is there, is there, is the self hmm, a unit of loving capacity? And if it is, well, then there has to be, we can call it whatever you want. We call it Leela. But I mean, the implications of that, the theological, philosophical implications of the term fulfill what is a requirement that is needed for, for, a, for love. Hmm? So I have a question. One, one lifetime, let's say. And, 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 before you ask, if I might. And there, there can be different leelas. Why not? There can be, you know, Jesus leela. Why not? Hmm? There can be Krishna leela. There are Gore leela. Hmm? I don't know about Muhammad, if he had leela or not, but it's possible. Hmm? Buddha leela. Yeah, yeah. He, doesn't, he said there is no leela, so we'll go with that leela. <laughs> <laughs> but so that, that, you know, there are different possibilities. That's that, it, it's not limited to, you know, particular culture, and all cultures can have can take on a spiritual quality as possible, hmm? and, and, and have, have representation and transcendence. I don't think that transcendence is empty. I think it's full. Hmm? What do you think? I'm sorry. You, go ahead. Ask again. Uh, one lifetime. Which one? You know, this, this, you know, you await someone that you come in contact with, uh, you know, this. One lifetime. Is that enough can you become fully self-realized and God-realized in one lifetime? That is the question, as I understand it. I say... Or, 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 let me answer the question. Can, is it all right <laughs> to, to, to know from someone that has some spark in, in that to go from, you know, the materialistic concept, now we will come, you know... I say this. It's not possible to become God-conscious in one lifetime. But in one lifetime, you will. You can't print that because you won't understand it. But if you hear me, 
and you can understand it. Hmm? Yeah. So, 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 so. My point is, when you think I will, this is one lifetime, I will become a couple of those lifetimes that they will work. Then something like that. Uh, but um, I'm asking this question because yeah, uh, was the beginning about this. You know, are we all in the same team, but are there more team? You know, I mean, the, the team here. Let's say, you know, about what you accepted. I don't follow your question. No, the, are we the same team which follows particular tradition? Yeah. Because that's that's kind of what makes makes it you know more clear for others to be really you know listening or, or you know or not listening and go away, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm not understanding your point. Is it a little like Chinjir Swami? He has a different type of approach, but it's the same goal or a similar goal. So. There are different so approaches. So is that what you're talking about? There may be a different well, sample diet or a different it's, it's methodology. Once, you know, you have here a particular sadhana. Yeah, yeah. Accepted by to achieve particular goal. Is yeah. For all or, you know, I mean... Can you, you know, do it something different? Yeah, there are different approaches and there are different, and there are different results. There are different... I was saying that. The nature of transcendence is that it's variegated. It's not one size fits all necessarily. Even within our own tradition, we don't have a one-size-fits-all. Therefore, there's Sakya, Dasya, Patsalya, Madhurya, and within that there are divisions and so forth. So we say in our own tradition, one size doesn't fit all. Hmm? And we say there are, there are experiences in transcendence that can be attained and, 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 and that are um, attained by methodologies that are outside of our tradition. Hmm? Sure. But there's not a lot of them because you have to, again, look and see which of these, these traditions of the many voices from the religious side are speaking about ego effacement and how compellingly and, what, and to what extent. I mean, that's the only ones that are really worth, worth paying any attention to. Hmm? And then you want to look within those which ones are, have, have love as an end, which ones have knowledge as an end. And you say, which, which, is, which is better? We already kind of decided that. Existing to love might sounds better than loving to exist. Okay, so and then we eliminate a few. I mean, it's not um, it's not rocket science really to sort through it all. What's what's out there as far as been been offered to us? You know, I mean, in the Gita plays this out. There's karma, there's gan, there's yoga, and there's bhakti. Hmm? If you look at what those words mean, you see the whole all po- uh, spiritual possibilities are being talked about there. Hmm? Gan is for knowing. Hmm? It's for <coughs> loving to be. Yoga is for, is for uh, well, love is about, jnana is about being, yoga is about knowing. The goal of yoga is omniscience. Hmm? Samadhi. You know, study it. Study yoga sutras. That's what it's the goal. The goal of bhakti is loving. These are all aspects of the self. If our goal is being, then the loving will be, I love to be. And the knowing will be, knowing what I'm not. Hmm? Knowing I'm not this and I'm not that. Hmm? And that's the end of the knowing. In yoga, then, knowing is the goal. Hmm? Omniscience. Identification with all-knowing, with the paramatma. Hmm? Ishwar pranidhan. So, I want to know all. 
and the yogas, you know, you know everything. You know how your organs work, and you can, I mean, in a lower sense and in a higher sense. Omniscience is the goal. In yoga, another person is introduced, Ishwar. In Gyan, another person is not introduced. Hmm? There's nobody else there. There's just being and loving to be and knowing what I'm, what I'm not. Hmm? That's all I can say about myself. I'm not this and I'm not that. I'm consciousness. What can you say about it? In yoga, sadhana, another process, as you're, you're talking about, no, knowing is the center. Out of being, knowing, and loving, these are the elements that were constituted. Yoga is, the, is you know, knowing is the, is the goal. And so, you, you, you be when you know, hmm? right? You have to, and, 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 and there's some loving, because there's another. There's Ishwar, who you want to be like, the all-knowing. Meditation on the Ishwar. This is the, right from Yoga Sutra. Hmm? Knowing is the goal. So being and loving, or being and knowing, are, being and loving, I should say, are adjusted around knowing. In the Gyanmarg, loving and knowing are adjusted around being, which is the central focus. In the Bhakti Marg, the Bhakti process or path, being and knowing are adjusted around loving, which is the center. Hmm? In, in, in Bhakti, being and knowing become less important. Hmm? Krishna doesn't even know that he's God. Hmm? And, and his being is what? In, in Vrindavan, what is that? Some little village? What kind of, <laughs> what kind of you know, in, in existence is that? It seems very confining and small in, in so many ways. That's a way of saying to us hmm, that when love becomes the center, being and knowing become less important. Hmm? If you love someone, it doesn't. Your 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 being, your that with your environment, hmm, is what it's constituted of. Doesn't really make much difference. You could live, you know, under a rock if you got somebody that you love. Hmm? And the whole world could burn down, and you know, you know, you wouldn't have to, you know, you're not interested in reading the paper about it. You know, you you love someone, so knowing, love retires knowing, and um, and, and 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 being is, you know, in terms of your existential what support and so forth, it's not is not so important. But if you look carefully at that again, you see that yes, that's true. But the being and the knowing of a loving existence are at the same time the best being and the best knowing. Hmm? They are the most comprehensive being and the most comprehensive knowing. If we go to the other end of the spectrum, and we have being as the center and knowing and loving around that, hmm? being may look larger. I be, I am, I am, I am. Hmm? But actually, hmm? the being and the knowing in that, or the knowing in yoga, are not as big and meaningful as the being and the knowing that are centered around loving. Well, you choose what you want. You want to be, you want to know, you want to love. What will be your focus? Well, like to be genuine, you know, like say, yeah. loving oneself, selfishly, not to, to, to change into, you know, love uh, another, it's still, uh, you know, I, if I pretend or, or I force myself, whatever. When, who's talking about forcing? Do you want to love? There has to be some, there's some process. Well, when you say force, what you mean is 
I have to do things that I know, I know are right, but I don't feel them yet. Okay, then you have to force yourself. Yeah. I know that's right, but I feel otherwise. I said, I know, Swami, but. <laughs> but is, I know this, but I feel like this. Okay, well, well we, you know, there is a place for reason also. We're talking about wise love, not just foolish love. Wise love, so there's a place for reason. There's a place where, okay, I know that, for example, I know that if I feel hungry and I feed my stomach, I will feel better. Hmm? And in the course of feeding my stomach, I'm tasting some very nice palatable dishes, and then my stomach says, I'm full. And my tongue says, I'm not finished. (laughs) And I know that's a problem. Now, what do you want to do about it? Do you you want to be ruled by the tongue? Or do you want to say, I'm not going to be ruled by the tongue. I'm going to have to force myself. Yeah, we're being forced right now. We're under the oppression of our mind and senses. So you do have to push back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. You have to push back a little bit. Hmm? And then some knowing will come from that. So there's a place for some effort. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's very, you have to understand, kind of what you're saying is, is if I understand it correctly, it's, it's you want to know everything before you go anywhere. You want to sit on the fence and, and determine whether that grass is, 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 is green and good. Hmm? I don't know. You want to look at the apple and go, I want to know it. I want to know it. You can't know it without tasting. No, that, that requires some effort. <laughs> you know, effort to know about it, too, to think about it. Hmm? And that won't get you too far. So, yeah, faith, as I said earlier, it's animating, it's active. Hmm? And reason is inactive. It's it's kind of fence-sitting. So, So, yeah. And and so if you have to if you have to push yourself, then you don't have to push yourself. You can just stay with me, and I'll push you. <laughs> It'll be easy. It'll make it easy. <laughs> anyway, anyway, you have to go at the pace. You know, obviously, you 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 do want your faith to be reasonable, and that's in one sense what you're talking about. You want your faith to be reasonable. That's reasonable. Hmm? You know, to a point. You, you you can't make too much out of reason, but there's a place for it, and so. We want to speak as reasonably as possible about something about love that, that you know that that you that has that knows no reason, and um, as well as we can do that, then uh, persons may be, you know, encouraged to 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 pursue. It's a challenge, mm-hmm. but you know you should go at your own pace. But I would say, if your if your pace is to go at all, you will you will you will benefit much. Uh, by by sadhu sangha, so much you will benefit by that, hmm? so much. You can practice for years and have a little association with a real, living person, and it will do more in your life than years of practice. Because our ability to practice and draw experience from that is is, is limited. Because for you have to understand, you're frozen. Like I said, it takes a while to thaw out. You know, it's like I'm frozen. Okay, I've just realized if I could melt, I would have so many more possibilities. Okay. I got to melt now. You know, it takes time to melt down. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm, I'm advocating a meltdown here. You know, <laughs> it's, it's okay. You can just melt down, but it takes some time. 
melting, melting with the very word itself. I mean, it takes some time. It doesn't, it's not evaporation we're talking about here. It, you know, melting, it's just, it, uh, well, that would take time too, but to melt slowly takes time. What do you need for that? You need heat. Yeah, that's right. You, you need heat. Heat. So, sadhusanga gives heat. It helps. It helps to, you know, it's friendly. I know we're arguing, but it's friendly. No. You feel it's friendly, I'm sure. So, anyway, it's... Well, yes, yeah. Falling on with that, you know, what, what Krishna has to say, the effort <laughs> may be there. We're making the effort, but sometimes it's failure. You know, yeah. We, we, then how does the, the failure at certain stages in our spiritual development... Yeah, well, don't be surprised. Well, one thing is that you shouldn't be surprised at that. If you study the teaching, for example, in the school of bhakti, that there's, there's something called anishta bhajana kriya, when you're... When you're your spiritual practice is unsteady. So it's a given that at a certain point and for a certain time, there's a learning curve, so your practice will be unsteady. So if you, if, if you find that your practice is unsteady and you go, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Why is my practice unsteady? I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, but I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. It doesn't appear as such. Well, you know, it's good to be acquainted with the, with, with the, with the practice and know that that's to be expected. So a healthy acquaintance with the teaching helps us to overcome unnecessary hurdles where we have false expectations about it. That's why I say it may take some time, but if you understand it, then you think, well, as long as it takes. And, 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 and another thing is, this is, all, this is a guided tour here. You know? This is a guided adventure, you know? This isn't like, you know, we're just going to the jungles of Central America and we have no guide. Hmm? You've got a guide, a shaman. He's taking you to see this tree is this and this tree. Don't eat that. Eat that. Hmm? Don't drink that. You can get juice from there. And he's just there going, yeah, see? Be happy, be happy. Just a simple guy. Hmm? He doesn't know much. He knows the forest. He doesn't know the other world. <laughs> he knows enough to stay out of it. Stay in the forest. Hmm? In the jungle, hmm? so he, he, this person, he, she, uh, she guides us, hmm? yeah. and 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 from her perspective, the teacher's perspective, then then you may think I tried, I'm not making progress. She may say, she may say, well, I think I'm making progress. You know, a different perspective, what progress means, what the journey is. Hmm? We are, you know, we want it now. That's America. We want it now, and put it on the card. I'll pay for it later. So, spiritual life's not exactly like that. It's, it's, it's not credit card purchase. You have to have some bank balance to purchase. And so, it takes some time to accumulate that. So, so we shouldn't be discouraged by our, um, our shortcomings. We should learn from them. That should humble us. Mahaprabhu himself speaks about it in his, in his nam, nam, nam um, dharma. Hmm? He says... In Shikshastakam, Nam Namakari Bahudani Dasarbha Shakshis Tatarpita Niyamita Smarani Nakala, Etad Shita Bukripa Bhagavan Mamapi Tu Daivam Idishami Hadni Nanu Raga. He says so many nice things about Nam. Nam means the name of Krishna that we chant. So what is its efficacy? What is its kindness? How user friendly is this? And and after a build build up like that, he says, But just see my condition. I have no interest in it. I have, in spite of that, I have no attraction. This is my this is my situation, my position, he says. Oh, hmm. Um, so, 
that is kind of a humility that comes from realizing, wow, I have a great opportunity to be extended to me, and I have no, no interest in that. So I, I keep kind of like this kind of, well, I'm humbled, it's, it, it, but still the name has come to me. So with that kind of humility, the name will stay with us hmm? in spite of our shortcomings and so forth. And, and we'll, be, we'll become strong in due course. But we need, to, we need to assemble the parts here. We need good association. We need to learn what the, what the, you know, what the teaching is and so forth. You know, you could have been practicing and, and learned from somebody who didn't even understand it themselves. And you might think you're practicing bhakti, but you're doing... And a lot of people like that. They're doing something else. Hmm? So, it requires good, good teaching. Hmm? They say, about my guru, some, of, some people say, oh, everything is in his books. It's all there. Yeah? Yeah? Well, that's a real... What that means. Hmm? You should, there are references to other books in there, too. They should be followed. That's what it means. Hmm? They should be followed. That will help you to understand those books. Hmm? Everything's there, and everything's there, but many things are not developed in detail hmm? that over time will be required hmm? for us to proceed effectively along the path, such as the, the nature of in which they, everything is found there. Hmm? So guidance is important. Good guidance. Well, you know, our concern should be that someone of spiritual consciousness, consequence, of real spiritual standing, cares about us, thinks about us. That's all we, that's the one thing, and the minimum. If that's there, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. It'll take time. Hmm? So, you know, we have to overcome our psychological kind of issues and so forth of, and, and false expectations um, that aren't realistic and don't correspond with the teachings and so forth. I mean, it's a high ideal, but along the way, there's much, uh, much, much to it that needs to be learned. I'm sorry, yes, do you have a question? <coughs> there were two questions on the same subject we were talking about. Yeah. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said he has no attraction for the name, like taking a humble position. Yeah. At the same time, he was testing the highest yeah. levels of the name. Yeah. On one hand, he said, I have no attraction. Mm-hmm. On the second hand, we say that he is experiencing the highest attraction for the name. Yeah. That's one question. How do we balance this contradiction? Yeah. And secondly, how do we get that attraction which he was testing? So yeah. More I've written a whole book about that. And it's not too big. Do you have a copy of that? Shikshastakam commentary? It's a commentary on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Shikshastakam. And it explains the, exactly the answer why that. It shows that the Shikshastakam is eight. Shiksha means teaching, Astaka means eight, eight teachings, and that there are a progression. Hmm? And they, they teach according to different stages of bhakti. So he is speaking and he's teaching us how we should think hmm? um, at different stages, how we will think at different stages and so forth. And, and so although he's in the highest position, has that taste, he's speaking in such a way as to uh, address lower stages of spiritual development and how to understand them. So it's worth reading, number one. And how will we develop that? Um, yeah, here, this is a book. That's a very nice book. It's a commentary on Shikshasana. It's very extensive. It takes through all the different uh, stages and so forth and points out how these eight verses speak about all the different stages. It's, it's very um, full of um, m- much feeling for Gaur Lila also. So 
I would recommend it to you. Um, as far as how we can get that attraction ourselves, then that is the main thing, as I said, that is how the Sangha is the main thing. Hmm? That will help us the most. Hmm? This means Sadhusanga means good, this kind of company like this. That will be the, what helps us the most. Hmm? Therefore, said a little of that will change your whole life. But if you speak a lot of that, that will be very good for you. Hmm? So it takes some time, but that is the most powerful ingredient, Sadhusanga. So, yeah, another question. Um, as much as you can get would be would be would be is the recommendation. Hmm? Um, great souls like Ramananda Roy, Narutam Thakur, they're lamenting that, that that they don't have enough association. Hmm? They feel that way. Hmm? Because on the one hand, they tell us that Lohmatra Sadhu Sangha is enough to get to the highest level of God. It doesn't say that. It, it says it, it says a, a fraction of a good association can change your life. That means it would change the course of your life. It would take you in a certain direction. There's a point in your life where you had some sadhusanga directly or indirectly and it changed the course of your life. Hmm? It doesn't mean that that, that that will be all you require in sadhusanga. Hmm? So much sadhusanga. That's not a requirement. It's desirable hmm? to hang out with such people, to have that kind of company. It's desirable. That's, I find it desirable. I, I like that. Hmm? Um, very, it's thoughtful. It's it's compassionate. It's kind. It's happy. Um, uh, it's so you know. It's not like a law. Like you say, you must have a guru. It's like I must have a guru. I must. It's not like you must. I must. I feel, and this is my guru. He she speaks like this and acts like this, and it just compels me. It's it. She says better than me how I feel about when I, yeah I feel like that yes that makes that I my own heart is being like uh, is, is, is speaking uh, uh, to me it's like my own prospect has come before me hmm? I feel comfortable in that situation I'm drawn there hmm? um, it's this kind of must hmm? I must have that. I'm, I'm, that person can help me. I feel affection, affinity, affinity. Hmm? It's not an artificial kind of imposition. It's natural affinity. Hmm? After all, it's a representation of our source, which we have an inborn natural affinity for our source. Hmm? A very startling way coming before us. That's very... I changed my life to have a guru. So, I thank you all for your time. And... Um, I hope you'll stay for whatever else is involved. What do you have? Wonderful feast, man. Okay, yeah, there you go.